Welcome to Kindling Conversations, the podcast where warmth meets wit, and four friends gather around the crackling fire of camaraderie to share stories, laughs, and insights. So grab a cup of your favorite beverage, settle into your favorite spot, and let the glow of Kindling Conversations accompany you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Kindling Conversations. Uh, today, we're going to have two hosts, me and Ben. What's up? And then we have our other gracious two co-hosts today. Oh, I'm gracious. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm yeah, a co-host. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Caleb. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ben. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, fire prevention Fire prevention. Oh fire my god! Fire prevention. I totally forgot to talk right there. Um, fire, so, so fire be, prevention and some other topics on that. Yeah. On subject. So, so you'll be hearing from me and Ben, and then Ashley and Caleb probably ask questions or. And those two will put in their input every now yeah. and then. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be pretty silent. I feel like this. <laughs> I uh, I'm not the great example to uh, learn fire prevention or stop, drop, and roll or anything like that from. So. Yeah. That's, that's fair. We learned that with the cantaloupe. Yeah. yeah. Stop, drop, and roll doesn't exist in Caleb's world. Look, when you're in the moment. It's just stop, kick wildly, and remove your pants. <laughs> and then tell a girl to look away. Yeah. Because your I pants mean, are down. She was the only girl there. I was just trying to be courteous. At My least, bad. At least he was being modest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the, the first. About. First. Uh topic I, I suppose is um home fire prevention so we'll give you tips and uh, strategies for safeguarding your home against potential fire hazards and i guess that goes hand in hand with um you know the home buying process with like uh different electrical issues as well um so like one of the most common in older houses is a uh, knob and tube wiring oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's real dangerous <laughs> that that really stopped us from buying some homes yeah yes it did mm-hmm. well because that's how every old house was ran with electric was knob and tube yeah and you know back then they're like oh yeah you know it's electric it works mm-hmm. but yeah th- these days it's it's pretty bad <laughs> i think electrical <laughs> fires are one of the more common issues in house and residential fires oh yeah for sure I could look um, it up and get an actual stat for you if you want i mean yeah i got you, you. go yeah, ahead okay so, yeah, I think they are one of the more common ones just because people with all their extension cords, they have an extension cord plugged into an extension cord, plugged into an extension cord, or a <laughs> power strip plugged into a power strip, plugged into a power strip. When we, yeah, that's a big fire hazard because all get warm. put in our contingency for this house, that was one of the things was when, during the home inspection, they went up into the attic and they were like, you have electric cords running through the garage up into the attic. Like, this is not safe. So that was one of the contingencies that we put on was like all of that has to be replaced yeah. and appropriately done. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got the house in Beloit, um, all the electric in that house was knob and tube. And uh, we had to get an electrician to come in and replace the fire. whole thing, you know, so, so that it was updated. Um, and at the time, I I didn't know what it was. So I had to look it up and I'm like, yeah, that that, that just doesn't look safe. <laughs> yeah. Like, the number one reason for a fire is because people don't, apparently don't know how to cook. Oh, well, understandable. Well, yeah, because um, grease. People then, think, you know, fire, put water on yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. it just flares up more. Yeah. Uh, second cause is heating equipment, so like space, space heaters and stuff. Wow, I was way off. And then <laughs> third is electrical systems okay. and equipment. I knew that was pretty okay. high up there because I've heard of a couple since I've been on the apartment that have right. started by electrical fires. But I see, do see cooking. And then space heaters and stuff are a good common one. We had a garage fire when uh when I was at the other department, and um, the the woman said uh she smelled smoke in her garage because they had it was like a attached garage. Yeah. So th- there was a door from the garage going into the house, and she smelled smoke when she opened the door into the garage. So then she opened the garage door, Uh-oh. and and that caused Ooh. that caused all the oxygen to go in there and flare up, and uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you we smell, saved the house, but <laughs> if you smell smoke in a room like that, the best bet is just to close the door. Because if anything, the door's closed. Because yep. if it does, if it does re, if it does light up, 
and you have the door closed, it's going to burn the oxygen out eventually, and it'll knock if, it down some more. So If a house is on fire, all, all the rooms that you have the doors closed, then chances are you're probably going to save the contents of that room. I actually have actual stats from my class about like closed doors and open doors. Yeah. A ho- ho- uh, hollow core door is going to give you to about 20 minutes to about before it burns through. It could be longer, could be shorter. It all depends on how hot the fire is outside the room. But a hollow core door will give you about 20 minutes. And a solid core door will give you about 40 to 45, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So what you're that. telling me is I have time to call 911. Yes. Well, what do you, so when, when we were younger, and they said that if your smoke alarm was going off and there was like a potential fire in your house, to touch the back of your doorknob with your hand, you know, you should not, not, don't, not you know, the doorknob. You should do the whole door. So start low and go high. Well, the doorknob to feel if it's hot. To yeah, see but if there's like fire on it's the other to side. Do, it's better to go through the door though, because if you go on the door, you can tell how long the fire's kind of been there. Because if, it, I mean, if it's yeah. warm down below, the fire's been there a while. But if it's not, if it's cold down below and warm up top, the fire's just starting because the fire travels from up down. Yeah, it starts higher. It starts higher and comes down. Oh yeah. Really? So your best bet yeah. is the yeah. So every time you feel a door, keep back your hand because your back your hand's more sensitive. Yep. And you go from the bottom of the door. So to the I top. knew that. What I didn't know was that fire spread top down. I thought fire spread bottom up. No, that well the heat. Yes, but the, the heat, heat doesn't. Up. The heat will start up top and then oh. slowly come down. Yeah. So if it's warm at the bottom, that tells you that the fire's been there a while. Do not open that door. Do not. You open that door, you're gonna have a bad time. Yes. <laughs> but so if it's jump out, out my window. That's your best bet, yes. Pretty much. Okay. Or go out your window and wait for firefighters to see you. And yeah. if you ever are in a situation, don't sit right under the window. That's where the firefighter's coming in. Sit next to it. Yeah. Because we're breaking that shit. Yeah. We're breaking it. <laughs> or when we sweep with our tool to make sure there's a floor there, it's coming right down hitting you. Yeah. So never sit right in front of so the door. So if I want door, that. I yes. Yeah. Because you'll probably <laughs> get hit with an axe. <laughs> and if you want to just be, you know, mostly injured, you could just jump out the window, too. I mean... Because we're always, you know. che- when we go into a window, we're always checking to make sure that the floor there first. It's better to have a broken so. bone than fucking burning to death. <laughs> so sit next to the window. Don't sit right under it. Good to know. Good to know. This is all good stuff that I never knew. Yeah. yeah. This is all stuff I didn't know until I got in class. <laughs> it's a lot of interesting stuff. That's a part of like ours, like safety thing. They say never sit right under a window. If you're waiting for rescue, you always go next to it because we're coming through with a tool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for civilians, Why same do thing. they not? talk about that more i really don't understand why they don't i guess because we're like all older i don't know what it is now that they're teaching kids well compared to where you know when we were younger too there was different protocols in place than there is now i feel like too so like back then you know it was like stop drop and roll feel the doorknob with the back of your hand yeah you know and then you know these days like 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 what ben just said about the door you know, like, I mean, you know, the, there's different stuff that they probably say when they go, you know, school to school and stuff and teach about fire just, safety, but. I would have never thought, like, oh, a tool might come down on me, or, oh, the firefighter's going to break this window. I wouldn't think about that in the moment. Yeah, you'd almost think they would go through the door, you know. That's where you want to think, but, like, yeah. then you kind But I of... guess I, ne- I also never realized that they're testing to see if there's a floor for them. Like, I would have never yeah. known yeah. that. Well, same like, if we're on a roof, we have a tool, and there's someone in front of us poking the, the roof with the tool to make sure it's sturdy. Because, like, if you don't have a tool and you're just, like, walking, you could just fall through. Yeah, that's you know, fair. If you have a tool, and if that, if that goes through the roof, it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't step there. Every time we enter you a know? room, too, we sweep and sound. So, I mean, you yeah. either back the tool, the handle, go like this, make sure there's not a body. Yep. And then we hit the floor with the tool to make sure the floor sound. Yeah. And then going up and down stairs, we sound each stair, too. That makes sense. Going down, it's... Well, because I remember... Yeah. Sorry. Going down, it's every three stairs, but going up, it's every single stair. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, the Survival Live house... And then we yeah. took a field trip there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started out in the top floor of that. Yeah. And they, they made us, like, you know, go down kind of, like, kind of in a crab walk type thing. Yeah. With, like, hitting each step with our foot as mm-hmm. we go down. And then yep. kind of bouncing your butt down. Because yeah. that also helps you stay low. Mm-hmm. That, too. That's yeah. how we got on stairs, too. Like, like in full gear. Mm-hmm. We just slide down the stairs on our asses. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even imagine 
How heavy is that gear? Uh, your so your air pack is about fifty pounds. I mean, so I'm used to it, so like it doesn't bad. really bother me. But like no. for like a normal person, if they put it all on, it's yeah. you know I'm used to it now because of class it, two. It'd be real tiring. But yeah, your air pack's <laughs> about fifty pounds. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I think I've seen studies done where people actually do it with all your gear on without any tools on you. It's about a hundred it's a little over a hundred pounds. I think it's like 120. And even if you have like an empty tank on too, I mean, it's still heavy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like if you have the tank on and it's full and you use all the oxygen in it, you you almost can't tell that it's even lighter afterwards if you use all the air in it. (laughs) No, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through different scenarios. Um, I'm in a one-story home. Yep. And there's three bedrooms. Like a ranch style? Yeah. Let's open concept. Let's go. Um, I'm in my bedroom on the back side of the house. Mm-hmm. And my smoke alarm in the front of the house is going off. What do I do? Is Feel that the, the only one going off? Yeah. Feel the door. Okay. It's not hot before you go out. Say the door's cold. Slowly open it. Make sure you when you open a door, always look up because that's where the fire is going to be. Or, or, don't open the door. And since you're on the first floor, open your window and go out the window, just in case. Because if you open that door, you know who's to say that the fire isn't right outside the door. You know, but if you if you go out the window, that's the whole point of feeling the door. Right. Slowly open the door, looking up. Because if you look up, that's where the fire is going to be. You see that smoke or something, close it, call 911 and get out. Yeah, that's fair. So if you see smell, if you smell smoke, call 911, get out. Probably wouldn't go through the house. Probably go out the window would be the best bet. Yeah. What if you're on the second floor and you hear the smoke alarms going off downstairs? Well, Jump then you kind of have to check then. I'm just <laughs> like I said, open the door, same thing. Make sure it's not hot. Open the door. Don't see any smell smoke. Continue on. See smell smoke. Go back to the room. Call 911. Barricade. Crawl. Keep the door shut. Crawl because smoke is, you know, yeah. rises. Yep. Should I put towels or anything at the bottom of the face of my door? Yeah, you could put a, you could put stuff under there to prevent smoke com- coming in. It will help. Because smoke damage is a thing. Yeah. I mean, it will help. It's not going to necessarily help a lot, but it will help some. It'll help make you live longer without bringing a lot of smoke and soot and everything. Yeah. I enjoy living. Yep. So uh, you could otherwise, do that. you'd be coughing for a long time. So no. I also hear. I don't know if this is a myth or not, but if I'm trying to get like out and i have to go th- like through smoke and stuff there's something out there that says you get like a wet t-shirt you get a t-shirt wet and put it over your cover your mouth cover your nose and mouth i can't say anything about that or not i don't know i've heard sh- i've heard it too I've but i don't know that, if it's yeah. true or not. i feel like i don't personally i feel like it's not necessarily 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 geez helping with the smoke I feel like that's more helping. That's with more to sun. cool. That's more to cool down the air that you're yeah. breathing in. Yeah, that because that like, can kill yeah. you too. Because yeah, because like, the air gets that. real hot. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that's like I think that ash. I think that's more to cool down the air that you're breathing in. Just mm-hmm. go through that wetness and that'll cool it down. It can definitely help. It is. It can definitely help. You know your your survival odds. Yeah, I was I, I would say, say it's that out of the picture, I would still do it just because. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. So what's going to happen when a firefighter gets to me? Guide you out, or are you conscious? You de- you're not. Well, yeah, conscious. I'm probably conscious. Let's just say mm-hmm. you know I'm conscious. They're Crawl gonna with them. they're gonna talk you through what you're gonna do. Yeah, and okay. how would your exit path out? And yeah, you'll have you'll probably have if one in front they, of you. They'll probably do they have, one. have a thing that you can put on so you can no. breathe too. Nope, we don't have that buddy breather or something like that. Whatever it's we called. do have buddy breathers, but they're for our own equipment. Yeah, they connect right into our but packs. Oh. But if you have like a rip pack. That comes with an air mask. Do they? Yeah, ours do. Mm. You could, if if someone brings in the rip pack, yeah, which but your standard, it's like its own air tank. Which, but I mean, I know we're doing a search and rescue. We're not bringing that in though, because it's less. That's that's holds our search and rescue down. Because you're if prim- it's for a firefighter, you are. Yeah, but not for like he's talking about like a civilian. I'm talking about me. If I was well, like we're doing our primary search, which is a quick, thorough search through a house, which and we find a victim. That never has made sense to me. Quick, thorough. Well, you gotta go yeah. quickly. You can't quickly. just. I know, take but your like time. it just sounds weird because like a thorough is like taking your time, making sure everything's good, but then you add quick to it, quick thorough. Because is so like, so because there's so, a moment of urgency. So yeah. the quick thorough search means that we're pushing through this house as fast as we can, but we're covering as much ground as we can. 
So that means like we go to a bed. We're jumping on the bed to make sure there's no one up there. We're sliding our hands under beds and stuff to make sure there's no one under there. We're looking in closets. So that's the thorough part of it, where you look okay. everywhere, but we're doing it quick. I'm just picturing Ben literally jumping on a so, bed. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, it's clear. No one here. I'm sure I'm going to have other things to worry about if my house was on yeah. fire and a firefighter went in search. But I'm just curious. Are you, like, tossing Kay- the house, tossing my room? Like Caleb thinks it's hide-and-seek. He's like, oh, they'll never I, find I, me here. Well, yeah, like you said, I, yeah. like, if my yes house is no. on fire, the, the, the least last, of my yeah. concerns is if it's going to stay neat. Yes and no, because we... The one reason we won't really, we will only toss the areas that we need to get to. Well, it's also so about if you protecting have stuff, property. So if you have stuff that's sitting in front of a closet, that's getting thrown across the room so we can get in the closet. Okay. So we can search it. Because we're, we kind of want to leave everything there in case it was an arson thing for the investigation after. Oh. If we see yeah. signs that lead us to arson, yeah, okay. then it becomes a crime scene and us disturbing it messes it up. And the, so yes and no at the, the same firefighters time. that don't go in too, so like let's say, you know, they're like, um... They're protecting people from coming onto the scene. Um, at least at the other station I was a part of, we were told to listen. So, like, let's say it wasn't arson for whatever reason. If someone was, like, blatantly, like, talking about it or, like, referencing something, we could, you know, and, and we heard it, we could, like, you know, go to the cop, like, hey, like, you might want to check that guy out. Yeah. You know. Yep. Gotcha. You always got to watch for suspicious activity. People, someone who's sitting, yeah. watching, like, one of the civilians that's, like, really jittery and stuff. Yeah, that's like, something like you're told to bring up to attention. I'm not even gonna say it. Yeah, don't stop. Don't get into what ifs. You can go to a million <laughs> what ifs. Don't get into that. Yeah. So since we're on the prior search, so firefighters do two different types of search. There's a primary search, a secondary search. Your primary search is while there's fire in and as it's being taken care of at the moment. Then you have a group of people. That's usually your engine company that is running through the house, trying to see if there's anybody there. And you have a truck company. No, sorry, I got that mixed up. Your truck company is usually your search res- your search team. So they'll go in as the other t- as the engine team goes in to put the fire out with the hose, and they'll be doing a search. And you find a victim, you call over the radio. They're taking the victim out, and there's another crew coming in right behind you to take off where you left off. Okay. To start the search, that's still part of the primary search. The secondary search kicks in when the fire is under control. That's the secondary search. The fire is either under control or put out. That's the secondary search. That's a lot of that is going to be searching for bodies people who didn't make it or areas that we couldn't get to at the moment because there's a fire blocking it or something and that's a different crew than the other crews that went in so they would new set of eyes looking around because you already have it in your mind what the house layout is and you're gonna say oh i got that already so it's a different crew that has not been in the house yet to do a search okay and that's your secondary search and that's like i said a lot of areas where you couldn't get to it because of fire there's a fire in this hallway but there wasn't fire down the end of that hallway and we, we couldn't get to it because the fire was in the middle of the hallway. So that's a secondary search. That's a, re- that's a really thorough search. That's when they go through everything. Is that like in the movies and TV shows when they're like ripping down the freaking... That's, that's overhaul. overhaul. Oh, that's overhaul. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. just checking okay. for hot spots and stuff. Make sure there's no hidden So fire. someone has like a thermal camera. Yeah. Okay. And they're like checking the ceiling if it's hot, tearing mm-hmm. that shit down. And we're spraying it. Gotcha. Same yeah. for like, you know, walls and stuff too. <clears throat> like if there's a hot spot in the wall, we're, we're shoving that pike pole right, right in the wall. And just yank it. We have tools yep. that we can literally take in the drywall, hit the top piece of the drywall, and pull down the yep. whole piece of the drywall just collapse. Yeah, the whole ceiling just. No, I'm know. talking about the walls even. Well, like the you walls take it, you too, hit yeah. the top, and pull straight down, and the whole thing will just collapse down. Yeah. You gotta, gotta get the fire put out. <laughs> yeah. You know? I know, I get it. It just. Yeah. Dang. Especially in houses that are renovated, they have a lot of void spaces so, where, like, you add it on, but then there's, like, a one inch, there's like, a gap, and that's the way fire likes to run. Yeah. This, this may be a dumb question. But, like, is drywall really flammable, like, itself? No. Drywall itself isn't flammable. So what happens with drywall is the moisture gets sucked out of it, and then it goes back to its original state, which is pretty much a dust. Yeah. And it just collapses. Like sheetrock? Yeah. Yeah. And insulation these days, too, isn't flammable either. So then what makes a house fire, like, so... Wood? The wood, furniture, like the furniture, furniture, two by wood, the furniture and stuff. Yeah, yeah. furniture is really bad. Like carpets okay. and stuff. Carpets are really flammable. And like uh, drapes, drapes. Like, yep. You know, curtains. I just because like sometimes you like see videos of houses that are just raging, yeah, on fire. Oh yeah. And it's like if the drywall isn't flammable, it's the wood. What's and... making it? Like I, I know the there's two by the fours. House. Yeah. I know there's two by fours and stuff, but like I don't know. Sometimes that stuff is just. 
raging as if like the entire place, like the everything inside is just well. So barns are bad too. Yeah. Also, the way fire works is, it's not the material that's on fire; it's the gases coming off the material that are on fire. Yeah. So like a piece of wood, the like the fire we have right now for kindling conversations, carbon, and it's not the wood that's on fire. The fire is breaking down. And it's off-gassing, and it's the gases that are actually showing the flames. It's the gases that are being emitted that's why, off of the That's product. why fire is always going up like that, because it's following the gases that are lighter than air, and so they're going up. Mm-hmm. Science. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla's mind is blown. <laughs> it really so, is. So, like, when holy you, so when you see a raging house fire, it's not because the materials are flammable. It's the gases that are coming off of that material when it warms up and it breaks down that are on fire. That's why it's, you see like, it looks like it's raging. Well, there's different types because of there's a like, lot of gas coming off. Of like attacks too, so like you you have attacking and defense, so like and there's a new thing called the transitional attack too. Yeah, and then and then and then you have um. You um, just teaching fire one here. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, like taking everything I learned in class and just put throwing it out here. I guess. <sighs> I'm, I'm throwing a blank. Well, if you want to be a firefighter, if the house is on fire and there's you, one so close next thousands. to it, what's that called? If you're protecting the house next to it too. That's uh exposures. Exposure. Protecting yeah, watch for exposures too. So like, you have one crew spraying the outside of the house that's on fire, and another one probably spraying the, the next door neighbor if their or house you is just, close enough. Or you just go between the two. Like, yeah. Because the house usually next to it is usually gone, and so you're just trying to protect the house next to it. So you're just soaking yeah. the house next to it in water to cool it down. Yeah. So that that one doesn't catch. Because the point of water spraying water in a fire is to take out the heat part of the fire fire triangle. So the fire triangle is heat. Oxygen. Oxygen and fuel. Yeah. So water, spring water, and it takes the heat aspect out of it, and you need all three of those in the perfect conditions to make fire. Mm-hmm. So at what point is my house at the point of no return? Completely engulfed. When it's, con- when whoever, whenever the outside commander decides that it's too, yeah. it's unsafe for us to go in. Okay. If it's, then, if it poses that, a risk to point, firefighters. Yes. Yeah, it's, and at that point we know, go do a defensive. defensive attack, which is all out exterior. You're just spraying water on it, surround and drown, which means just put as much water on as you can from the outside. Yeah, just gotta dump it on there. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, but otherwise we try to do an off an offensive attack, which is you go in and get the fire. But then there's a thing called the transitional attack where you start on the outside and work your way in. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do that correctly, it could actually hurt you. Yeah, because when you if you spray water. Away from at at the fire. Away, how do I explain this? Away from the point of origin, you're just gonna push the fire through the house. When you spray water, you're actually pushing air to the fire. Because water's oxygen. No. Oh. Water's <laughs> oxygen. He was so hey, confident. H2O. I wish I could bring in water. Oxygen and water. No, it's because when you think about it, there's a stream <laughs> of water going through the air. Where's the air going? That the Stream of water is breaking apart, so it pushes the air. And fire is also pretty cool, too. I feel smart. Because, like, (laughs) let's say the fire started in, like, a corner of a room, and you spray the ignition source, it could just take out, like, a whole fucking room. But you don't want to spray it right at the ignition source. Right, you You want to spray it above above it. Because you want to break the... showers down on it. It showers out on it, but you also want to break the thermal layering. There's different layers of it. And so you break that top thermal layering, then you're going to cool that fire down, and it's going to automatically go down. Mm-hmm. Like we saw it in the burn room in class, you hit that fire up there, and the fire just instantly dims. Yeah, because you're taking that heat away from it. Yep, it's real neat. But you also don't want to disturb it too much because if you disturb the thermal imaging, it can flip and you'll be steamed. So it means all the hot air will come down and the air will be cold, and we're on the ground because that's that, getting away from the heat too. That's why you got to be shaved. And then we'll be, and we'll just get, and the steam is really hot, and it's not good. That's why we have to, uh, you know, shave our faces. Because oh, if, if if the seal's not there and you get steam in there, mm-hmm. your your face is fucked. Yeah, you'll be burned. Steam burn and that's the whole point of the bitch. hood. Isn't isn't necessarily to protect you from the fire. Nomex. Yeah, it's protect you from the steam and heat. Yeah, because it protects your neck and everything. Yeah. so like that's um, got to be tucked in. Kyle so arrogantly said the Nomex. Get it right. <laughs> that's ben. what it's called. Yeah. yeah, I know it is, but no one. That's just you like say the just, hood. You say. <laughs> You say Nomex, half these people won't understand what a Nomex is because they don't know firefighter stuff. So you say the hood, everyone's like, oh, I know what the hood is. Maybe. So, Some people m- might not even know that it's a hood. They might think it comes with the with The, the thing that goes over our head. Yeah. <laughs> Would you encourage every family that 
has a house or an apartment or wherever you're living to create a fire escape plan. Yes. It's smart. Yes, you Where should. Where should people go, like, if your house is on fire? Because I grew Across up. Across the street. A I grew up where mailbox. you go to your mailbox. Yeah, mailbox, yeah. That's, that's what they tell people is go to your mailbox. It's a central point where everybody knows where it is. Yeah. Like, And then once the fire, you know, once the department gets there, you know, they'll set up a perimeter. Yeah. But, you you know, you can't be in there. But it'll probably be like, you know, you can probably go across the street or something. But if you don't you know. have a mailbox, something where your kids, your family, everyone knows in your house, a common point outside that when you're freaking out, it'll just be, oh, I know where I'm going now. Have a long-ass driveway. You're like a mile down the driveway Not in like your mailbox. That. You think of like a, if you have something else out there, like right. out in your yard. Like a big tree or yeah. something. Yeah. Or like a point of the driveway that curves or something. Yeah. Like just pick a, just pick a point that everybody knows in your family. But yes, everyone should have a. Everybody should have some sort of pl- escape plan. Right. Talk through it with your kids. Have something, including like you know, if you're still in the house when there is a fire, too. You know, the escape plan. Yeah. For that course of action as well. You know. Yep. Like, if one kid wakes up and then just leaves the house with their parents, <laughs> you know, like try try to get everyone up, but. Yeah. So. You know, now I have a question. Because the title of this episode is Fire Safety Beyond Stop, Drop, and Roll. Stop, Drop, and Roll, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty common. Like. Does it actually work? Yeah. Yes, because you're taking out the oxygen yeah, it does. part of it. But when I'm you roll, rolling. When you roll, when you, you when the fire, smuggling. when the part of you that's on the fire meets you're the smuggling. ground, you're taking out the oxygen. Yeah, because you, oh. you're smuggling the fire. Onto the ground. Like a fire blanket? <laughs> If you have a fire blanket <laughs> and you... Oh, my God, you too. <laughs> no, no. You're what? Are you fucking high? <laughs> You're what? Stop are you smuggling. fucking high? What What are you getting at? You're what? <laughs> what do you do to the fire? <laughs> you smuggle it. <laughs> like a small child. Kyle! You just... <laughs> you don't... You strangle it. I don't know how to tell you this. I you guess. don't smuggle it. <laughs> you do. You, you smother it. <laughs> Same thing. No, it's not. Yeah. I don't think smuggle is a word. If I'm looking to like smuggle money, you're grabbing that shit all in like one go. You're smuggling it. I don't think you see what you see what I'm getting at. No. Oh, oh my no. god. No, I'm pretty sure. Smuggle so is smuggle, different. according to dictionary, is move in parentheses goods illegally. Into or out of a country. <laughs> yeah, so you're getting the fire out of that fucking place. No. You're yeah. Or you're just or, trying to save face. No. No, it's the same thing. Or <sighs> like moving someone or something somewhere secretively <laughs> and illegally. I'm gonna he put this fire in my out neighbor's a message. house. So, so we're what with the fire now? You're smothering the fire. Smuggling it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> He's like mixing the two words, smuggling. And either way, if you have one, take a fire blanket, smother it. <laughs> really, you, you don't know, need a fire blanket. Any blanket would work. You know, to be honest, you're taking the oxygen out of it, so it can't get bigger. Yeah. So drop, stop, you know, and roll, stop, drop, and roll does work because yeah. you're smothering it. Or taking you the your ground. pants off. I guess that works. Stop, too. It worked. Roll. Yeah, you got burned those, didn't you? I mean, I still got burned. Yeah, but dude. He must have had like fucking fifty locks on his pants. Yeah, because it took so, so long <laughs> for him to get his fucking pants unbuckled. So Caleb, in that situation, so there was snow on the ground too, right? Yeah, we yes. were kicking snow on him. They were kicking. So if snow you stop, drop, and roll, and they start kicking snow on you, now you're cooling the fire and you're taking the oxygen part. Okay, of it. guess what? And I didn't know work. this a at the time. In the heat B, of the moment, he said he didn't I think did, about it. In the heat of the moment, I did not think How? stop, drop, and roll. Did they not pound that in your head? They did, but as you we can tell throughout it. this entire podcast, yeah, is, I'm a dumbass. We That's were true. trying to tackle Caleb, and he was still trying to stay standing. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> actively <laughs> fighting them off. I was trying to fucking trip his ass, and he was standing up. I'm like, dude, get on the ground. <laughs> I, like, oh, my God. They weren't necessarily telling me stop, drop, and roll. They were just trying to tell me to get down, and, like, yeah, it didn't yeah. register that what they wanted me to do was stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> and uh, so, like, when they're telling me to get on the ground, I'm like, so what? It can just fucking like, fester on my leg? At one point, Caleb got on the ground, 
and just kept kicking his legs trying to throw snow on it. And it's like, fucking roll! <laughs> that was like, what, a minute or two endeavor of trying to get that fire out? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> twas a fun night. Yeah. It was pretty eventful. Looking right. back on it, twas a fun night. So just, We got sidetracked. Let's go back to since the... Since we're talking, you know, about the terminology and stuff of... A lot of it. Yes. <laughs> so... I know some of us, we like, especially technology nowadays, Facebook pages, we all have scanners that somebody's posting mm-hmm. on social media. And on there, they talk about like box alarms and stuff. So, what are the different box alarms? What are like the different levels of a fire? Different box alarms are just the departments that respond. So, wait, can I say something quick, Kyle? When you're talking about box alarms and levels of fire, two totally different things, just so you know. Yeah. So there's so let me explain the levels of the fire quick. So I'm just learning so much box here. Alarm, no. Box alarm. Box alarm is its, its own thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like way back Let's dive deeper. Way back in the day, um, before like phones and stuff, there was boxes. They called them fire boxes. If there was a fire, they'd go out and they'd pull the box. Hence the box alarm. It would set off an alarm through the city that would that would alert the fire department. Tell them, hey, so this, this is, is fire. Pre nine one one, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. Okay. Or phones and all that. Yes. They need somebody to alert the fire. So they'd go out, they'd pull the box, and it would send off an alarm, almost like a tornado siren, and it would alert the fire department, you know, to where to go, and they'd, they'd show up. And it just kind of kept the name, box alarm. So what know. is it in the modern day? Command shows up, realizes that it needs more than just one department, and they'd, they'd just pull, call, they'd pull the box. But Which is just, just telling dispatch we need more hands. Yeah. yeah. They say they say we're pulling box 108, which means that and the, then the dispatcher goes to a list and says, all right, so now I'm going to dispatch this department, this department, this department for an engine, this department for a truck, this department for a tanker, this department oh, for so a squad. Oh, so it's already all set in stone. Yeah. Dispatch yeah. just needs to every relay year, it. Every year we update this stuff. Each oh. department so has a list. We of, have a binder of, thick full yeah. of them. We, we see everybody's in the county. So, like, you pull this box, this department responds, and this department, you know. But they're not. And it also specifies what apparatus to bring yes. it to. Like, if you want a tender, an engine. Also... Apparatus means. So, trucks. Vehicles. Trucks. Vehicles. So, is this also, like, um, like when I see Mabus? So, Mabus Mutual is... aid box, or, yeah, box alarm system. Oh. So, mutual aid is just what it, it falls under, but it's, yeah. It's just what they call it, mutual aid. Yeah. Or Mabus. But it's yeah, box. Okay. So maybe this is just a term for it all. But the box alarm is a specific thing, and box alarms don't just go for fires. So if, like, say someone falls through the ice, yeah, they can pull box alarm one hundred two, which could be calling this this department because like they have rescue. yeah, because they have this certain equipment to bring in. I know when the tornado went through Edgerton, they called a box alarm. Yep. A so even they even have like alarm. yeah, they even oh, have yeah. stuff like that. It's anything that anything that the fire department does, we can pull a box alarm on. Okay. We can pull a box alarm on a car accident. We can pull a box alarm on a... At what point would you need to pull a uh, box alarm on a car accident? Like like besides, like, a pile-up on a highway. Yeah, pile-up. Um, um, hazardous material. Hazardous material. You can pull a box yep. on that. Oh, okay. You know, because, like, different departments will mm-hmm. have different, you know, things. So, like, one department might have, like, strictly hazardous, you know... I know the way it works around us, stuff. though, is that we have a county hazmat team. Yeah. Which is, it's stored in, like, a central town in the Doesn't county. does Elkhorn have one? A no. hazmat team? Uh, the has the county hazmat truck is stored in Delavan Township. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Yep. I it's stored there, again. and it's just, and it's just made up of a bunch of firefighters around the county that decided they want to go become a hazmat. No, Darian just has a ladder truck that no one knows how to operate. With. <laughs> 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 but no, yeah, it's stored there, and yeah, but yeah, it's just made up of a bunch of firefighters, and so when that goes off, when they call for hazmat. Someone will respond to their state with that station, jump in the truck. It's only a two-seater truck with all the equipment in it. And then everybody else will go jump in either their personal vehicle with lights and sirens or a department vehicle. Like ours, we have an SUV that our guy jumps in who's on the hazmat team. And he'll take that to the fire. So, yeah. He'll take all his equipment and that, throw it in there, and take that to the hazmat call. Dang. How often does do you guys, like, train for... Mavis or a box alarm. 
Well, if well at I mean, all. what do you mean? It's train the same for as it. fire training. Yeah, if you're tra- we're training for fire, it's the same as that. But gotcha. But like a big fire scene is gonna have more than just like like they might have like one commander, but then there's different branches off of him. Because there's I a, was just gonna ask that. Because there's a couple yeah. of different levels of management or yeah, so commanding is there in that. One person can only manage so many people at a time. There's yep. a rule, there's a law about that. So that's why they that's might call they in call like chief. a chief yeah. from here, a chief from there. So this so the main captain, maybe uh so the main incident commander will be in charge of like an interior team, exterior team, writ team. Yep. How is but that he's, determined? He's a, like main incident commander. Whoever fired is the highest person who gets on scene and says Yeah. The highest person on scene, highest officer on scene of whose department it is. So if Walworth had a fire, our whoever our highest officer is is in command. So and he rises on scene in command. Yep. So even if unless he tossed passes it off to somebody else. So even if he's a captain, say, mm-hmm. and a chief from Darien shows up, yep. the captain still remains as unless, incident command. Unless he passes it off to them, yes. Yeah. Okay. But now if like and now if like our chief shows up and it's a captain in control, then he'll take over. Like just automatically. Yep. And if they it call for a chief, it still has to be passed. If they call for gotcha. a chief from like a different department, it could be an assistant chief. Yep. Like it doesn't have to be the chief. Yep. Okay. It can be an assistant chief, deputy chief. You know, just, they just have to have the title chief. Yeah. So like you know. when when you might not know the exact answer, but just I just kind of want a generalization. But like when um, the factory chemtool chemtool yeah oh, when yeah. that burned, like how many different levels of command? Well, oh, there, there was been. so many. There is a lot. How do you like? You how do so they coordinate? That? Well, how does that hierarchy work? Like, you have incident command, yep. but then who falls under incident command? Like, who's incident command commanding? The com. So it's incident command, and incident commands the commanders of like the different like areas are, that that commander's in charge of. So he's okay. in, he's in charge of the he's not in charge of the fi- actual firefighters themselves. He's in charge of the commander of those firefighters. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so you have someone in charge of like attacking yeah. team, defense, writ, but they're all in charge of like their own respective thing. Gotcha. So but one's like in, in charge of this, one's in charge of that. Incident you know. commander could have an assistant like incident commander, and so he'll be a part of it. He'll be like with him, and they'll be talking back and forth. But they may be a part of different parts of the building. Another one's probably also in charge of staging too. Yep. So like this department parks over here, mm-hmm. this one parks over there. You know, yeah, there'll be one. The ladder be, trucks mm-hmm. go over there. Okay. You we're, know, we're dropping like our tanks here to fill up, and then you go. We're yeah. filling up here, actually, though. So go to this lake. We have rehab we drop over our tanks here. here. Yeah. Rehab is like yep. if you come out, you know, get rehydrated. So like bottles of water. They check your blood pressure. Make sure you're not over exhausted. Yeah. You know, refill your air tanks maybe because some trucks have. Yep. Where you can refill air tanks on the truck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have. That. You know. But we also carry a lot of spares on them too. Yeah. But you know, if it's a big enough fire like that. You're probably gonna wanna, you know, keep them refilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yep. So yeah, there's a, it's it goes pretty in depth, but yeah. I had to take a whole know. test and class on it as part of my fire one thing. So Yeah. Way more information than I need to know about it. <laughs> Unless you become an officer one day. Yeah, we'll see about that one. <laughs> oh, come on. If stepping up is not always a good thing, it's more responsibility. More people's lives are in your hands. And that can be scary. Yeah. Especially if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you know? Well, that's like really nervous. tests and stuff you have to take for it? Well, there's tests. Depends on your department. But I mean. Training and stuff? Depends on your department. Yeah. If it's a big enough department, you know. There's no law on it saying that you have to have a certain, like, thing like Fire One. Like, be a firefighter, you have to be Fire One certified. There's no law for a chief or anything like that that says you have to have. That's a little scary. There should be. There should be like I feel like also the, it's up to the department's discretion. The higher up you go, the more political it gets. Oh, hundred percent. And so if you oh, just yeah. sure. if you just want to serve your town, your village, wherever you're in, and you just want to help, then I think just simply being an EMT paramedic because of the highest I think or I, I would want to go be a captain. That'd be the highest I'd want to go. Right, I think just a captain. Right, I'm not saying like. You'd have to go be a chief or something like that. But, like, I don't know. I feel like there'd be some desire to want to still continue to step up until you're at a level where you're like, you know what, I'm comfortable Mm -hmm. right here. But, like, 
I feel like just at a basic firefighter, for me, if I were to ever do it, right, I wouldn't want to just stay as a firefighter No, like, I don't either. Like, there's other roles I could take. Like, I can be an engineer, which would be the driver operator. I can do that. There's a bunch of other things. Like, the nice part about a small department is, volunteer department like this, is that you could be, you're not set to just a truck company or an engine company. Yeah. You could be whatever, whatever you show up in whatever seat, whatever seat's open, you take. Yep. I see. So you could be an interior, one fire, you could be interior attack, but then you say, show up a little later than the next next fire, and next you know you're venting the roof because you showed up later. Yeah. Okay. So, like, our roles constantly reverse. Like, a full-time department, they have specific uh, roles and stuff, like uh, assignments, seat assignments. So. Sorry, my dog was seasoned out there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've learned so much. Like, I know. Holy <laughs> this was very educational. Well, you us next. Do you have any more questions? Uh, <laughs> let's get a little more personal. What's your like? Oh. What's your um? What's your worst story you have so far? I'm gonna stop you right there, quick. Don't ask the firefighter or anyone what their worst story is. Yeah, Caleb. See, that's good information. I didn't yeah. know this. Like, because then you're making <laughs> them relive that moment, and it may not okay. be something that they like PTSD. Social worker in me is now coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I won't do that then. Do you have a like a great call you've been on? Like, interesting. Or an interesting call you've been on? Okay. Can I rephrase it? Yeah. Okay. Now I got to actually articulate this into words. You're not... S- you're not smuggling it, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to smuggle the question. <laughs> if looks could kill, Caleb would be dead. Okay, I would be um, stabbed a million times right now. I know where you what, what is a situation that has made you realize that media and TV shows or movies... Twist it to an inappropriate extent. Yeah. Oh. How do I start this? It's <laughs> up to you, man. Like my heart is pounding like this because I know what you guys are trying to get to. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Okay, um. I'll start it because I know where this is going. <laughs> um, And I mean, I'll touch on this too when I talk about my job. But... Social media and movies and shows, Grey's Anatomy, 911, Chicago Med, all of it, they do the whole like CPR, mm-hmm. um, resuscitation, Heimlich maneuver. It, it all seems so simple. And they're great actors, they're great actresses, but the actual outcome of performing CPR and having that person come out to be quote unquote normal again is very slim. The statistics are low. Mm. Um, You don't ever really get the same outcome of the, you perform three chest compressions and then the person is asleep and then they wake up and like, Oh, good morning. Like it's not, it's not pretty. It's not like Narcan. I guess I'll <laughs> go into this now. Yeah. So I did experience my first death, I guess. Yeah. I guess I, yeah, I did. I experienced my first death with like a patient that we responded to. Um, so it <laughs> Take your time. Yeah. So the call came in as a male with a pacemaker that uh was having trouble breathing. And my mind also went to like we went Cause we were we were going down like we were flying through the town because on the other side of town, out in the country, and my mind automatically went to oh we're gonna walk in like any other call and they're gonna be sitting there just waiting for us. But we didn't walk into that. We walked into one of our guys who went direct, doing a CPR, on the guy. And it like I just kind of froze, like no one in the department was expecting me to do anything because they knew that this is my first one. I just kind of froze and like. So like it wasn't like an there. unwritten rule that they knew you were just gonna observe. They, yeah, they knew I was just gonna observe because they all knew. Like they weren't expecting me to grab anything. Like they like I was told like, 
your first one, we're not, we're not going to ask you to do much. Like, we won't ask you to do much because you don't have the experience and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> really uncomfortable for some reason, but it's mm -hmm. something that needs to be talked about. Uh, yeah, I just, like, walked in, and I saw the guy doing CPR on him, and the guy's face was just pale on the ground that they were doing CPR on. And, like, I just froze because it, it's something you think you're prepared for. You're not. You're not. You're never prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I just froze there for a second. But one of the other guys that was there who's not an EMT, who was there just to assist, like, grab stuff and for them and stuff, uh, <laughs> he, uh, like, kind of grabbed me and was like, hey, move over here, step out of the way, just observe. And so I'm glad he was there because he did help me through, like, that process at first. And then once he kind of told me that, reality kind of set in that, oh, not every call is them sitting there waiting for us, just having, tr having trouble at that moment. It's, uh, yeah. And then, like, actually seeing, like, the CPR being done from, like, the Lucas and stuff, it's the a lot more. The Lucas is an automatic CPR mm -hmm. machine. It's, it's. It does more than your hands do. Yeah, like it, it gets really deep. And it's con yeah. more consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it tells you when to, like, bag and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really, like, eye-opening because it's so aggressive. It's traumatizing. It is. Yeah. And then everyone, like, I was frozen. I down the side. I didn't know what to do. And they're working this patient. I'm just standing there, like, trying to observe it all. And there's so much going on. Um. We called for MD1, which is a doctor in our area. who's like a traveling doctor, I guess you could say, responds to the situation. He showed up. Our paramedics showed up that we have with us. Uh, and it was just like everybody started working. Like I have, like I had respect for first responders before, but after seeing that, like they all just did what they needed to do. Like stepped in, started grabbing stuff, uh, talking about it. Like, hey, grab me this, grab me this. Like they weren't even thinking about that. There's this guy on the ground who's could be possibly dying that we don't mm -hmm. know and we're trying to save his life uh and they were just like getting to work and like you could hear in some of their voices that they're but like they were all calm like they're just sitting here working on this guy someone's sitting there begging someone's putting epi into them someone's sitting there writing down like what we're doing so we know everything timing it so please be certain times in between before mm -hmm. we do things uh and they're just doing their job, like, calmly and not freaking out as I'm sitting over here on the edge, just watching from a distance, freaking out, like, uh, what's going on? And, like, and it was, and then just sitting there waiting, you're just sitting there waiting for them to all of a sudden start breathing. And they do, okay, let's stop CPR and make sure to see if you get a pulse or not. We have a pulse, we're doing CPR, they stop it. Look at the monitor, and you're sitting there thinking the monitor's gonna keep going, like moving up and down because the thing stops, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it, then it kind of hits reality like that guy's not there. He is not there. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And then you have to have whoever is sitting next to the family members, like, do you want us to continue? Like, we had a, the cop, we had a, our county cops are really nice, and they were with the lady the whole time. Like, they're talking to her, creating small talk with her, trying to get her mind off of it. I give them props for that because as, mm -hmm. they're, as we're, they're over there doing, as our, like the EMTs and stuff are over there doing their job, they're sitting over there talking to the lady, hearing the stories from him. And I mean, it was a 96-year-old guy, so, I mean, and she said he lived a great life. He saw his great-great-grandkids and stuff. It's hearing that stuff kind of ensures you that it's like, oh, okay. But, I mean, it's, it's still just it's still uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you then, guys have a debriefing afterwards? Yeah, we did. Or did everybody just be like, all right, see ya, have no, a good night? No, we came back to the station and we debriefed it. Oh, okay. But, uh... You have a debriefing after every call, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. this is a lot more of an extent briefing. Yeah, you can say, I feel like you have to for this one. Yeah, yeah for sure. But, yeah, and then... We, uh... The MD1 doctor, because he's the one in charge, because he's the one at the highest, uh... I don't degree, know. Degree, pretty much. Knowledge. Yeah. So then he went and talked to the, this was after like 40 minutes of doing stuff. This is 40 minutes of this guy being pounded in the chest by the 
Lucas. Sternum's and... probably broken. Multiple yeah. ribs. Broken, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was yeah, blood coming from thing, his mouth. This yeah. thing pushes Caleb mm-hmm. like. No, I know. Uh, yeah, and then they're like injecting stuff into him. There's, there's a lot to take in. It's trying to process it. It's tough because you're just sitting there watching this all happen, and you don't know if the guy's gonna start breathing or not. You hope. You hope he does. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my mind just went to, oh, he's just he's just gonna start breathing. It's fine. He's gonna start breathing, and he's gonna take him to the hospital, and then they'll take care of him. We we'll good. But then he didn't. And then the MD1 doctor went and talked to them. And they were the mom. By this time, the daughter's there. And uh, she asked, like, they asked, and they were like, and hearing the family go, just stop. It's, I can't, he doesn't want this. He wouldn't want this anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a lot. Just stop. And him going, are you sure? Yep, just stop this. This is, I don't know what they said, but yeah, just stop. And then he goes over there and tells everyone, and they stop the Lucas. Don't shock again. Mm-hmm. Everybody just stops and sits there and just watches the monitor as it slowly flatlines, and then kind of reality hits you like, this guy's gone. Like, mm-hmm. this daughter's not going to have a dad now. Those grandkids aren't going to have a great grandpa. And then they just started, everyone just started cleaning stuff up. And it's like around this body. And they covered it up and like, oh. And like, I don't know. It was just weird. It just felt weird. Everyone stopped doing what they're doing. It's like, we're here to save. We're supposed to be here to be save this person. But now we're just cleaning everything up, packing everything up. Like, there's nothing else we can do. Like, I know there's nothing else we can do. But it just. You wish there was it, more. Yeah. You could do. It just felt wrong. Yeah. Um, and then so, the cops called. I think the coroner. They called mm-hmm. someone to come in, to take the body, and then they were like, "All right, we gotta get kind of gotta clear some people out now." And I was just one of the ones who got cleared out because I couldn't do much after clean up. And we just left. This guy's laying in his living room on the ground, and it just we just left. And it's like there's nothing else I can. I don't know. It just didn't feel right, but. Yeah, it was tough. It gives you a different perspective. Uh huh. You know, like I said, I always thought I was like, you know, I'll be fine. I'm ready for this. I'll be able to take it. You're never ready for. No, you're not. Not even after the first one, Mm -hmm. you're still not ready. I mean, your mind isn't meant to be able to take this on, right? Like that's the part where I said I have way more respect for them now because after seeing this and they just do it, they just do their job. I don't think you ever get over it i think you you grow a new comfort to it yeah yeah i don't yeah it's just it's tough because then you just drive away from the scene and you're driving away as the ambulance lights are still there and you just drive away and it's like oh we're just gonna leave him there like it just feels wrong like i don't know yeah so you Get a, a different perspective. You learn to get comfortable. I, that comfort is not. You learn to put a a blockade up. Yeah, you learn to just maybe suppress it more than anything. Like I know, right? Like at that moment, I felt, and then once we started cleaning up everything, in my mind kind of just pushed it out. Like, yeah, what? Like whatever. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And then luckily, we have a I have a good department that kind of was there to support me and ask like oh like multiple times after the call like are you okay like need to talk like it's not bad to talk talk with us mm-hmm. like if you like when i left the station that night for the briefing they were like if you need to call one of us at three o'clock in the morning call us we'll gladly help you through right. this like this is did yeah. you sleep that night yeah but it was definitely there in the back like it didn't even really hit me that night like it hit me the next day yeah i was sitting because i had to go to this class for work and I was kind of sitting there, and, like, I just couldn't focus that day very well because I couldn't get out of the back of my head. Yep. Like, it was just there. I think working in, like, first responding or healthcare in general, whenever that, you know, the pulseless non-breather comes across or 
like patient experiencing chest pain or even in the hospital setting when the the code goes off like we ask all the time like we shout down the hallway like is it real and 98% of the time you want them to be like no sorry somebody just accidentally yeah. pushed the button and when you say it's real it's like it's hard to wrap your mind around cuz like you're supposed to be saving people that's what you're mm-hmm. known for and then when you can't it's like then what what are we yeah it's just like i said it was just an a surreal experience that like i said it's just you're just waiting for the person to start breathing like cuz that's how, that's how they depict it in in shows and in stuff in shows you do a couple chest compressions yeah. and the person just kind of like wakes up like oh i'm okay thank you yeah. And then they go on their merry way, but that doesn't like always said, happen. Like all of our calls, they've been sitting there waiting for us, and we arrive and then take care of them and mm-hmm. put them on the ambulance, and they go to the hospital and end up being good. And It just was, I don't know, when you walk in and you see the guy doing CPR, knowing that he's not breathing, his mind isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. I'm at a loss for words. I am really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> ben doesn't get vulnerable. He doesn't. And that's part of the reason I'm at a loss for words. Because I swear, it's from the, even me. though I'm this far away, I could see your tears welling up in your eyes where I could. Not anymore if we're talking about it a little bit, it's kind of helped. I know, but. This is the most I've actually really talked about it, I guess. Like, I haven't gone into this much detail about it. Like, I talked to my mom, and her mom some the night I got home after that. But I was still trying to process it at that point. Yeah. When you speaking about it that early, some people are better at, like, yes, I need to get it off my chest now. I'm definitely one of those people. But I'm a very emotional person. I will wear my emotions on my sleeve. Ben, on the other hand, does not. I am really warm right now. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> ben, Ben, I feel like soaks everything in. Yeah, and un- just until it needs to kind of come out until it's starting to bleed that over. But that need to come out and bleed over, it takes a lot. And that's when I texted you, Ashley, and I was like, oh, yeah. "That was that day after, I think it was, right?" Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, and I was like. You know, I want to talk about this podcast. Let's do it. You know, I'm gonna do it. We'll yeah. go out. Let's, I need to. Do, I need to talk about this. This is not good to follow up. That's when I texted you. I'm like, I'm, if I don't text her now, I'm not gonna talk about it. Let's do it. Yep. That's when I texted you. Yeah. And then, like, even like after that day, like I thought I was fine to talk about it, and then it came down to the actual scenario where you guys started trying, hinting towards it, trying to get me to talk about it, and it just like my mind locked up. Went, I, I don't know where to go from here. Where right. do I go? How do I? How do? How do you? I always struggled with how do you tell a family member that this person that they love is not coming back. I don't know how that MD1 doctor did that day. I mean, the wife, she walked away for a second, but then came Mm -hmm. back and because she couldn't, they couldn't keep her away anymore and just, and saw all this happen. Yeah. I don't know. I just felt useless because I'm standing there. She's standing there watching me and I'm just standing there watching all this. Like I felt, Hey, I'm just standing standing behind me and I'm just standing there watching all this, not doing much. Picking up a piece of trash that they threw on the ground from one of the things. You're like, hey, where's your garbage, ma'am? <laughs> we had a garbage bag that we were throwing stuff in, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, I walked in with gloves, like, ready to do something and locked up immediately. Just going to put some humor into this hard moment. <laughs> I don't know if I would want you to bag me after I saw what you did to the dummy and the CPR <laughs> glass. <laughs> We went to the CPR class <laughs> with Ben. Kyle and I did. At my department. At so. Ben's department, right? So he wasn't alone or anything. And, like, I mean, Kyle needed it anyways, so it was good. And I it's just, just went. It's just not good to know. For extra have. hands. Yeah, it's yeah. good to know. It was free. Why wouldn't I do it? Yeah, I'm getting mine And the 28th. Good. Ben, she's like, okay, here's the mask, you know. Put it up. Ben's like, whoa, 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 whoa. and the poor dummy's like chest is like flailing, and she's like, Ben, Ben, stop! 
And he's like, what? And but Kyle and I are like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I've, never been, I've never been through a CPR class before. I have no experience with this. Like, Ashley, I think you've had some sort of yes, practice with this. from the nursing this. home. Kyle's had something from this from his part before. I even have because I've been CPR first aid certified before. I don't yeah. have any. I've never been CPR certified. I've never gone through a class like that before. I've never gone through everything medical. She told, so I didn't know any better. She told me, remind me not to let you bang. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like it's like our head safety officer who was doing it in the department. So she does like she's been rich on every EMS call. So. She's she's funny. I yeah. like her. But yeah, it was it was pretty funny to, to yeah, the poor dummy, <laughs> she's like, You're gonna explode his lungs. But Oh my yeah. goodness. Ben did better on the written test than Kyle and I, so Which is really unusual for me. Like written tests, I suck at those. Yeah, you do. As we found out with the Fire One certification. Yeah, but you yeah, do. he he got less. I think I only got like one wrong. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Oh. Oh. I'm not surprised. <laughs> In South Floyd. We'll have to cut this part out. Oh. We're probably at a point where we should probably end it. We're at an hour, so that's fine. Well, if I wouldn't have got so deep of a shorter podcast. (laughs) All right, I'm going to beep it, and then we're going to clap. Okay. There you go. All right, well... Thanks, Ben, for sharing that vulnerable story with us. Um, you know, again, Kyle, me, I'm sure Caleb will even listen if you I'm ever always, need to call. Yeah, I mean, I may not be a guy on your department, but you can call me at 3 a.m. if you need to talk. Thank you. I was going to say, even here, you, you have a key to our house, so. What? He has a key? Yeah, the spare hidden one. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I don't have a key on the keychain. Also, oh. also, you guys want to know the garage code? I do. I forgot it. Me too. Oh, I'd have to go back in my messages. Okay. I, I, I don't the, even know I where the spare's hidden, though. This is bullshit. We'll show you after this. So. Yeah, we'll It's show not you. very hard. <laughs> Anyways, so um, thanks for getting vulnerable. We <laughs> I hope, hope this um, helps other people who have more respect for Yes. For, firefighters and stuff and first responders hopefully this gives you an insight um, of what we experience and stuff. stay tuned for episode 13 where we dive deeper into kyle's job where he's going to right now so there's there's a little teaser for y'all um again follow us on social media instagram kindling conversations <laughs> We're just doing it, Kyle. Squeeze me. Yeah, but follow us on social media. Check out our website. Check Sorry, out our. I love you. Why do you the have paint. yellow paint? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but why do you have it in your back pocket? Do you not have any in your car? Oh my. Anyways. Check out our website, Kindling Conversation. <laughs> Kyle says Kyle. deuces. <laughs> Wait, can I can I drop a social media tag quick? I can. If you're ever bored and you see I'm live on Martin 3D Designs on TikTok, go watch my 3D prints. There could be some pretty interesting stuff. Content drop, boom. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, take a look at our website, kindlingconversations.com, and then oh wait, is it? Yeah, kindlingconversations.com. And then uh, if you want to join our Discord, you can go to kindlingconversations.com slash Discord. And that'll take you to our Discord that you can join. Um, check us out on Facebook. Give us a like. Follow. We got a couple new follows and likes this week, guys. I'm so excited <gasps> about that. Oh, no way. Yeah. Ooh, I, look like, at us that go. was exciting to see that stuff come through. Like a lot of likes on our posts and stuff. Sorry so. that there's been any uploads of TikTok in um, two weeks now, I think. Yeah. It's been a little chaotic. Part of that's a little chaotic. Part of that's I dropped the ball. I do apologize about last week's episode not dropping until like 12 hours after it should have. That was definitely on me, but uh, we're not going to let that happen again this time. It's all right. Shit happens. 
<clears throat> but um, check out our social media. Check out our website, our Discord. Join our Discord. Um, we have an exclusive OG follower tag right now for anyone that joins our Discord right now. So Woo-hoo. join the Discord and get I'm, that OG follower tag. I don't know how long we're going to keep it up. Can I get it? No. Oh, <laughs> You have the host tag. <laughs> I want the OG follower one, too. I mean, you can see all the OG follower stuff. I guess. Um, That's how exclusive it is that I want it to. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you join Discord right now, I have no idea how long we're going to keep OG follower up, but you get it if you join right now. So you might as well join and get it. But. Beyond that, I think this this is about it for the episode, so uh, we will catch you all on the next one. Toodles. See ya. Adios.